trust you believe that tonight. Christ is all you need, no matter what you are going through. And we began looking last week at who is my God. And I would like us to start as we did last week and go to Psalm 18 before we go to 2 Samuel 22. Go to Psalm 18. Psalm 18, as we learned last week, is written uh, almost word for word uh, what is in 2 Samuel 22. And God didn't by mistake give us this passage twice in the Bible. It's very important. And once you realize what is written in both of these passages of Scripture about who your God is, you then realize the things that God wanted us to know, each one of us to know about, about who He is. And, and the fact that God, as, as He's revealing Himself to us, is wanting us to grow closer to Himself and His faithful character. So here in Psalm 18, we'll begin, let's begin reading in verse 7 of Psalm 18. The Bible says, Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills were moved and were shaken, because He was wroth. There went up a smoke out of His nostrils, and fire out of His mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness was before him, his thick, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of the waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. He sent above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. As we saw, uh, you can turn now to, to 2 Samuel 22. As we saw last week, we started to look at who is my God. And just in the first seven verses of 2 Samuel 22, we saw that God is my rock. He is my fortress. He is the God of my rock. He is my shield. He is the horn of my salvation. He is my high tower, my refuge. And last but not least, He's my Savior. And we, we saw that God is, God is absolutely worthy of my trust. My praise, my, my cry, my call. He's worthy of all of that in our life. And tonight, we are going to, uh, as we're going to look at this uh, parallel passage here in 2 Samuel 22, we again find some overlapping truths as well as some, some new truths to understand and that will encourage us once again of who our God is. Let's pray before we dive in here. Father, I thank you for what you allow in our lives. And Lord, I pray tonight that we would not evaluate you based on what happens in our lives. Lord, that we would look firmly to your word, be directed to your word so that we can know who you are 
and that we would know what to do in the situations of life that you bring across our path, that we can trust you, that, that, uh, that there is nothing that, that comes into our lives that surprises you and that you know how to deal with every situation. Lord, would you show us tonight of your character again? We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, as we look to 2 Samuel chapter 22, we're going to look at verses 8 through 20. And I'm going to read it again, but in sections. We're going to look at six sections, as you see there, uh, laid out on, on your sheet in front of you. Six sections of verses uh, between verses 8 through 20. And what I'm going to do is take the, the, the characteristics of God that he shows forth to us and really uh, preach through them as we walk through them together. Let's look first to verses 8 through 13 and read these now in 2 Samuel 22. Verse 8, Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. And it's talking about the Lord there. It's talking about who he is. And we'll get back to that in just a second. Then went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet, and he rode upon a cherub and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind, and he made darkness pavilions around, around about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. As we see just in this first section of verses, God is the creator of everything. He, my God is the creator of all things. All things are under his feet. There, there is nothing that was created that is not controlled and moved and trembles uh, such to anyone except for the Lord Almighty. My God is the creator of all things. And as you write that down, maybe someone can turn to Colossians chapter 1 and verses 16 through 17 for me. Do you already have it? Go ahead. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Yes. Everything that was made. Everything that, 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 that holds breath, everything that lives, everything, that, everything on this earth and this planet in this universe, the Creator holds in His hand. He, 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 is, is the, he is by Him all things consist. Can you just think for a moment? Can you just stop from your little world of, of, of uh, existence here for a second and think outside of that? to the magnitude and the, the majesty of all that God has created. Think, I mean, obviously to the simple sunset and the sunrise, those are beautiful. We see those each day that God allows us to. But we also see the stars, the magnitude of the universe. We see the geysers in the state parks. We see the glaciers, the magnitude of the Rocky Mountains and, and, and all the majesty that comes with those. How God forms the skies in such a way to where the northern lights can meet in the middle and, and show forth God's beauty. All of that was created by the voice of God. All of that was put forth by Him. He is the creator of all things. 
and by all thing, uh, by him all things consist. And that is, is an, not just an important doctrine that we would believe. This is important for how we see the world. That when I see a, 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 a treacherous situation in my life or, or something going on that maybe I don't understand, I can think back to who God is and his mighty power and know that he is sovereign over all. That he is the control. He, he controls all things. That he is the creator of all things. Secondly, we see that God is holy. My God is holy. It says that. It says the found in verse eight. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. God is holy. He doesn't put up with sin. He doesn't. He doesn't. He 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 cannot allow sin into heaven. And so he, 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 God's holiness is shown here by his wrath and, and his, his, his unwillingness to stand for sin. And if God is against sin, we should be against sin as well. Uh, the third thing there on your sheet is, my God is wrathful against wickedness. And maybe someone can turn to Psalm 97 for me and read verses 1 through 3. If you're wondering what this what this smoke going out of his nostrils in verse nine is, or the fire going out and devouring, it is the fire of Psalm ninety seven, verse three. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. The wrath that is coming for the unsaved, mark it down, those who oppose God, those who hate God, those who work against God, is going to be a greater wrath than you and I can imagine. It is the wrath of hell. And, and that was not created for us. It was created for the devil and his angels. And God doesn't want us to go there, but our God is a wrathful God. God hates sin, and we should too. This is, this is who our God is. As you look to then verse 14, we see not just that God is, is the creator of all things, not just, and you could almost say the owner of all things. You can say the owner of all things, but that we see him high and lifted up. Verse 14 says, The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. Who is my God? The Most High. My God is not just uh, someone on the, on the totem pole. He's not just a God of many gods. He is the God, the God, the Most High. And that is, a, that is a title that is given to God that He is above all. There is no principality or power that is not under His feet, that, that the Father has not given Him power over. My Lord Jesus Christ is, my, is God, and He is the Most High. And that should give you... Uh, strength in, in, in trying times, that your God is in control, that there might be bosses or other people above you or anything that you're going through in, in that circumstance that, you know, there's one higher than them. <laughs> there's always one higher. It's God. And he has me, as we'll see in just a few moments, in his hand. Verses 15 and 16, let's read those again. It says, And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomfited them. 
discomfited is a, is a, a very, I love the word, uh, it, 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 it's, it, it sounds like what it is. Discomfited means he confused, he, he, he routed, he overthrew, he defeated them. That without, uh, there was absolute defeat. There was, there was nothing left. Uh, the Bible uses this term several times, even in the Old Testament, of, of how God discomfited his em- enemies, turned them on each other. And in great battles where God was, was shown to, to be the one fighting the battle. Verse 16 says, And the channels of the sea appeared, and the foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. Just think for a second. Just, just pause. And God spoke the world into existence. All God had to do was breathe. And he breathed, and 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 and, and he breathed into into man the breath of life. He breathed into this world as he spoke with his mouth, and as he declared that all of it was good, as he declared all of this was to bring him majesty and pleasure, and 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 to bring him glory. This is who our God is. He is the Almighty, and He is the Conqueror. Verses fifteen and sixteen there show us. That God is the Almighty. If those, if people are raising up their, their hands against God, He is the one that is Almighty. He will scatter the arrows. He will fight our battles. We have to allow Him to. He can discomfit them. He can. He can. Uh, he, it even says lightning. Okay, He scattered them, lightning, and discomfited them. God is the one. If he can control the storm and the waves, and the disciples can say, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the waves obey him? Who is your God? He is the Almighty, and he is the conqueror. As you look to verses 17 and 18, then we see again two things that we saw last week. Verse 17 says, he sent from above. Notice how many times the word he is used here. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. He is my Savior and He is my Deliverer. He is my Savior and He is my Deliverer. If you can imagine what David was going through at that time in his life, he had been amongst real enemies that wanted to end his life. There were many enemies, uh, and then Saul, that, and that's what he says in verse 1. He said, I, have met, I had many enemies, uh, and then I had Saul. And these men were trying to kill my life, uh, trying to kill me. And they were too strong for me. They were, they were absolutely, absolutely more than I could, I could bear. And yet God was my Savior and my Deliverer. And tonight I want to make the application that you have an enemy that's too strong for you. You may think you have him routed. You may think you have him overthrown. You may think you have him defeated by yourself. I think I have it all together. I think I, my friend, you don't. You have an enemy who is going about as a roaring lion, who is seeking to, to get into your life and to get you turned around and to use you as a playground for his evil devices. 
You see, Satan as a roaring lion, the Bible says, does not just want you to live a lukewarm, good-for-nothing Christian life. He wants to go as far as what? Destruction. He wants to destroy your life, everyone that you love, and anything and that, that you would actually, as a Christian, be after. He wants to destroy you. And God says, I'm your Savior. I'm your Deliverer. Because that enemy in your life is too strong for you. Your lustful desires, your passions, the things that you may think are right, Satan is, is getting into your life and, and seeking to defeat you and to, and to use you as, as a pawn of the enemy to do folks harm that might come to Christ. God wants, to, wants to, to you to turn to him and say, you know what, that enemy is too strong for me. I need to, I need to allow God to do what he's going to do. I need to allow God to be my savior and my deliverer. Here, here in verse 19, then, he also refers to his enemies, and he says, they, they prevented me. They came before me. They, they came in my way. They, they confronted me. Webster says, uh, I'll get to that in just a second, uh, the they prevented me in the day of my calamity, but, and I love it when God uses the word but. We saw that on Sunday, but I love it here as well. This is a big one. But the Lord was my stay. And stay can, you can think, well, uh, stay is in like a place of safety to run into. Yes, uh, that can mean what, what he's saying. But here in Webster's Dictionary, uh, Webster actually puts the, the, the Psalm 1818, he puts it underneath the definition of support, as in how a tree supports the vines that are coming off of it. And, and actually, Jesus gives that example. I am the vine, ye are the branches. And so it fits very well with understanding back then how the word stay was used was not just that it was a safe place, and we'll get to that in verse 20, but that he is my support. He, he is, my God is my stay. He is my stay. He is my support. He's the one who holds me securely and will not let me fall. He won't let me fall. Verse 20. And this is probably one of the most amazing verses that you can come to in a time of maybe discouragement or a hard time that you're going to. If you need God the Deliverer, read this verse. It says, He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because, read it with me, he delighted in me. My God is the one who delights to deliver me. My God is the one who delights to deliver me. The Bible doesn't say that, that he has to. It says that he delights to. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Tonight, as we, as we come to application of this passage, and I understand this is a lot different than historical narrative that we've been going through. It's not that we're reading through a story and asking the Lord, how do you want us to apply this to our life? This is much more direct and, and really characteristic after characteristic after characteristic of who our God is. So as we look, if you can flip over your, your piece of paper there, I want us to focus in on three things, very simple, that we can take away in our life 
even as we pray together tonight, verses 14 through 16 really emphasize that he is, we saw that he's the most high, the, alt, uh, the almighty, the conqueror, that God is able to deliver me. Do you believe that tonight? Do you, you know, I know we sing, he is able, he is able, I know he's able. I know my God, my Lord is able to carry me through. But do you really believe that God is able to deliver me? We see him do it in other people's lives. We say, yes, God is, is able, but then do we make it personal? Is God able to help me in this situation that I'm going through right now? And I'd like you just to think on whatever situation God is bringing you into. Is God able to deliver you? Or are you trying to deliver you? Not only is God able to deliver you, verses 17 through 19 say that God is active to deliver me. God is active to deliver me. You say, where is that in the text? The Bible says there in, in verse 17, remember how I told you to look for the words he? Now I want you to look for the word, the action words in those verses, verses 17 through 19. Uh, verses 17 and 18 specifically, it says, He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me. And, and then in verse 19, But the Lord was my stay. God is not a passive God waiting for you to fall into the depths of despair and and. and and hit rock bottom before he wants to deliver you. You have a God that wants to deliver you and draw you back the moment you step out of the light. First John tells us that when, when, we're, when we're walking in the light with him and we have fellowship with God and we step out of that light, God desires us to, to go from that to step right back into the light. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wants us to step right back into that fellowship with God. So God is active to deliver me. He sent, he took, he drew me, he delivered me. Praise God that we don't have a God that's deaf to our, to our cry, like the prophets of Baal did. When they cried out to, to Baal, those five, four, 450 priests, and, and they, they wanted their God to deliver them, Abraham called on the Lord, O Lord God of Israel, and fire fell because he had a God that was active to deliver him in that moment. Verse 20 then, and let me come back to this. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. God delivers me because he delights in me. And I put an exclamation mark there for a purpose. He delivers me because he delights in me. I was taking a drive yesterday. We had our mother-in-law in town, so we were, my wife and I were able to just take a little getaway there uh, during the day yesterday. And we drove uh, past some of the wide open fields there in Shawano. And you, you get out there and you start thinking about just how peaceful it is out here. Just how tranquil, how, how absolutely safe it seems. And that's really what the Lord is getting across to us and we can actually see it you know just a few minutes from here 
God brings us into an open place, a, a large place. He delivers me. He brings me into a place of safety. Because he has to? No. That's not what it says. That's not because it's his duty or because, oh, oh, oops, I guess this guy's in the book of life, so I guess I have to deliver him. It's because he delighted in me. I love that. I love, as if you needed any encouragement tonight, know that your, your Lord, your, your Savior, delights in you and wants to deliver you every single time. Every single time the tempter uh, comes roundabout as a roaring lion, every single time he wants to get in, every single time he wants to get in with an attitude or something that is not characteristic of God in your life towards another person, God is delighting in you. He wants to deliver you. Uh, deliver you at that moment. God doesn't deliver us because he has to. He delivers us. He brings us into a safe, large place because he delights in us.